0: <laughs> Good morning, living well. Good
1: morning. Morning. morning.
0: Announcement time. Announcement time. We've heard most of this before, but it's so cool and fun. We get to hear it again. Uh, First time visitors, here's a gift for them in the church. Uh, the uh, 2021 giving statements are available in the lobby and LFBI spring enrollment is still open. Um, if you are available, to pick up a student from the airport to help out with the internationals, uh, you can sign up for that. We have worship night this Friday at 630pm over at the Meyer building. Uh, the next cost of discipleship meets Saturday, February fifth, from nine to one here in the annex somewhere in the annex, a lunch will be served. There's a connections meeting on February 6th at 1230 p.m. in the sanctuary. So anyone that's currently involved with hospitality, please come. No, it says green. So am I good? Yeah, go Okay. Um, we can still uh, contribute to the mission focus conference that's been completed to help cover costs if you'd like. Uh, we can sign up for the 2022 mission trips online. All living faith books and merchandise is still available in the lobby. Uh, Arabic fellowship is still meeting on not next Saturday. Okay, don't come next Saturday to the Arabic fellowship because there is none then. We have yeah. Oh, oh, you will be Zooming. There will be a Zoom if you want to uh, participate in the Arabic fellowship. Saturday at 10.30 on a computer. Um, we can sign up for baptisms online. You can also sign up for MBT weekly email updates online. And if you have a bulletin announcement, you can contact Deb. Um, and also, whenever we're entering my MBT contributions, please be careful. Make sure everything is is, is uh, correct. Otherwise, we get charged fees. So uh, let's see now. We had, what is it, the 31st? We have a, a whoop-de-doo. A big whoop de do And um, it's in... Okay, it's a Myers on the on the thirty first. So that sounds like it'll be a fun thing. Come at six thirty and bring a snack to share. Is there anything else, uh, Pastor? Christine. Okay, all righty. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this. This time together, thank you for the more sure word that we have, uh, Lord. We'd like to lift up to you, um, um, Gina, and her family, or the loss of her husband. We, Father, we want to pray that that this will uh, soften people's hearts and uh, and bring them close to you, Lord. Specifically, we're talking about um, Deanna and Mike's son Nathan, and then also Gina's. Uh, older son that that this will will soften our hearts open their eyes to see and their ears to hear We want to pray for our pastors and our leaders of our church and our brothers and sisters in christ and we pray that we will leave here differently that we will walk more in the light as you're in the light in jesus name we pray amen
2: scale
3: so tarl was tarl and gina were in this class for years i don't know how many years
2: <clears throat>
3: they were pretty much from the beginning though when we started the living well fellowship they were part of it they came over with midtown when it was still Crosstown missions when it was just a group of people getting outside the four walls of Kansas city baptist temple and, and coming over here and doing the some of the groundbreaking work early on. Tarl taught in what was the precursor to LFBI. Uh he taught the book of Romans and and uh Gina started
0: my
3: Gina was yes she's the one who who got us going in Miami MBT. She was a coordinator in Kid Town. And then Tarl ran the security ministry for a long time. So, you know, the procedures that that ministry flowed this morning were things that Tarl wrote down and, and put in place. So Tarl, you know, has fingerprints on on Midtown Baptist Temple here and there. And uh, that's a good thing that, that you could, had influence. Maybe we could get some of you guys to scoot in a little bit so that we have some room for people that are trickling in late. Anyway, so who all knew Tarl and Gina? Who who, who was part of that? Okay, so there's about a third of us that's grieving this morning because Tarl passed away from COVID uh, 437 this morning. So it it was... Heading in that direction. You know, he went from just having a cold to getting short of breath, and his oxygen levels were low, and he needed to be in the hospital. And then he moved to ICU. And you probably all know people that that's happened, and they just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And multi system failure like his kidneys quit working, and his brain didn't wake up like it's supposed to. And, And so he passed is that Tarl is a believer. saved. And so I think sometimes we make the mistake of putting off our grief onto the person who's passed. And if the person who's passed is a believer, to be absent from the body is, oh, no, Lord. So Tarl's, he's actually doing really well, okay? It's Gina... And the kids and those of us who, who are grieving who who aren't doing well. And so I know, Deanna, I know you've been with Gina and and, and that sort of thing. Do you have anything you wanna report? Obviously we're grieving. Yeah. So Deanna and her daughter Renee are going to go visit Gina and, and her kids there this afternoon. So maybe just pray that God would comfort, you know, Gina and her kids through Deanna and Renee and their kids need to draw close to the Lord.
2: I mean he's there he, he's
3: there but he's not that so, yeah. yeah so so we can actually do that now we can we can kind of so so we're going to break up into small groups at the end of our teaching time and that's where you want to focus you know for our prayers but we ought to just as a class pro- <clears throat> and i would this we we want to pray for gina we want to pray for their kids and then you know if only we could see clearly the love of god and the choices that are before us we would all pick the right thing right you could we just we we don't always see clearly and we get messed up and and um so we just want to pray for that family that they'll be able to see the love of god clearly christine Uh uh-huh so so, and so, there's other requests here that we'll do together. The Buffas, that's an old Kansas City Baptist temple family, started coming here. And, and Ben just got moved to the ICU with COVID. <sighs> Seriously, yeah, like, right? Okay, so who else has someone we need to lift
2: up in prayer right now as a group? Hurting his surgery. And, uh, okay. Appreciate All right. Tim. Chuck, who we pray for his surgery for his knee, they got him home. Okay. <laughs> so the middle of February, but they're telling him his knee's hurting and he needs to stay off of it. So he's not here. So he could very well be a very long nice stretch for
3: him yeah he needs to come anyway like his knee's not going to get any better between now and when he has surgery so it's not like if your knee hurts and it's not going to get fixed it might as well hurt while you're sitting in class right Paul had a thorn in the flesh he's like well you know okay but it's, I'm, not, I'm just going to keep going so I would encourage Chuck encourage him to come anyway and and Staying off his knee is to help it so it doesn't hurt, but it's arthritis. He's he's not, it's not going to get better. So he's not going to need surgery more by coming to, I'm not saying come if you're contagious and be so stoic that you're going to injure yourself. That's not the case there. So Marla. Okay. Just for comfort and
2: yeah. Oriyama. Oh no!
3: Okay, Oriana's mom, Tim, Chuck. We got hurt hernia surgery coming up, and the Nighty family. Anything else we want to pray about before we get started here? We're going to pray for Deanna and Renee, comforting. You know, we weep with those that weep, and we um, rejoice with those that rejoice so i am I am rejoicing that Tarl is in the presence of the Lord. We did not lose our brother we just we we just lost him for a little while, but we postponed the next visit, yeah, but we're also weeping with them that weep and um you know, I work as an e r doctor i I see people die and stuff, and I can just be professional and kind of move on and this morning while we were praying I just, you know, this grief started coming up. You know, and we we do grieve and and um we we need to just grieve. I don't know. If anyone needs to say something, you can say something now. Yes, sir. No, I am not part of the VA. Hope you <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay so let's go to the lord in prayer together and i'll
3: just kind of lead that <clears throat> and then um we'll we'll look we'll see what what we have from the word today and god uh, we are grieving the loss of our brother and I th- that we can look at Midtown Baptist Temple and see Charles' fingerprints here. He came and he actually made a difference in the in the foundational work planting this church. Um, Lord, we ask you that that Lord, would you please bless the family? Would you strengthen them and encourage them and give them a peace that passes understanding? Death is real. And we all we all have to face our, our own mortality. And Tarl took care of the biggest issue, his salvation. And we thank you for that. And, and um, Lord, I, I pray for Deanna and Renee and and um, you know, Lord, I pray that you use them to comfort and and Lord to be vessels of grace and love to the Nightsee family. For Gina and the, and the girls and, and but Lord they need filled before they can pour out and so Lord I pray that you them that you would encourage their hearts Lord that you would strengthen them in the inner man as Ephesians says God if we don't have your spirit if we don't have your word if we're if we don't have that we have nothing to give so Lord I, I pray I pray for Deanna and Renee, Lord, that
2: be overflowing. Um, Lord, what can we do without you?
3: Uh, Lord, I know that there's people in this group who know how to pray for
2: Gina right now. I know there's people in this group who, who... We want to pray in
3: faith in Jesus' name this morning that you would do a work in that family. Um, Lord, I, I pray for these other things that we've lifted up. Lord, I, I want to pray for the hernia surgery. God, would, would you knit him back together without patience? I pray for the knee surgery. Lord, that you'd help get that scheduled in a way that works out. But Lord, bring him back in the meantime. Lord, we pray for Tim, Nitsy, and, and the other, you know, uh, members of that family, Charles' parents, and, and Lord, just that you would do a work in them, and, and Lord, that they would all just be drawn to you in a way that's, that's maybe more clear than normal. And Father, we pray for Oriama's mom, who's got COVID again in the nursing home, and um, Lord, we just pray you'd protect her and heal her and and, and bring her to a state of, of wholeness and wellness. God, if there's anybody here this morning who spiritually are in danger. Lord, I pray that, that, Lord, you would show them the way of salvation this morning. There may be people here who think they're saved, but they're not. God, would you show them? Or there may be people here who have no idea whether they're saved lord would you show them because while physical death is grievous lord spiritual death is terrifying and so lord you know if someone has covid but they're lost you know covid's not their biggest problem problem is the state of their soul and so lord i pray this morning that god in our small group time if there is anybody who doesn't know you doesn't know if they know Lord, they would they would get that figured out. Lord, that they would they would know and that they would have a chance, Lord, to be born again before they leave this morning. So Father, I just pray for wisdom in our small groups, Lord, that, that you would lead and guide according to your word and by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna get started. Now we are gonna have a little you know, I don't know, commercial, a little, a, a little interruption once Mike comes in and that's okay. Christine, I think you have a certificate that we'll want for, for that. But in the meantime, go ahead and turn to First John chapter 5. So Anigo Montoya is sword fighting with the And Anigo Montoya, he says, I admit, you're better than I am. The man in black, he said, well, then why are you smiling? And Anigo Montoya says, because I know something you do not. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. All right. So, so why was he smiling? Anigo Montoya says, because I am not left-handed. So he's sword fighting with his left hand and he he switches hands and then he starts to win the sword fight and and the movie goes on but um he was it's like a the the football player who's playing injured you know he didn't want to announce that because then the other team would know and take advantage of it but the whole time the quarterback's playing with a, a broken fibula or something you know and a sprained ankle, a broken thumb, and, and the whole time he's playing hindered, he doesn't have full capacity. But he's just keep he just keeps on going. Okay, so our passage this morning it indicates something. It indicates that we currently, although once we're saved, we're sealed unto the day of redemption, you can't lose your salvation by sinning, the Bible teaches. Although that's a done deal, you're not full capacity yet. Which is why sometimes it seems like maybe spiritually speaking, you might I don't know, get your tail kicked every once in a while. Every once in a while you may lose a battle. Okay, we can take encouragement. We're not at full capacity yet. Okay, let's, what in the world is this talking about? Okay, let's let's get into it. Here's our Bible studies we have. We're, we're looking at more, but these are the ones that are established right now. Raise your hand if you're a Bible study leader. Okay, so... If you don't know, you're like, well, how come I don't get to be in a Bible study? Raise your hand again. You want to talk to one of these people. Okay. To review what we covered last week, in case you missed it last week, last week we covered a difficult passage, a passage that everybody stumbles on. They can't seem to get their head around. And what we had to understand was the general epistles, Hebrews, okay, through Jude, that section of scripture in your Bible. They were teaching for the early church, and they will be doctrinal teaching for the tribulation saints. Okay, you guys know why? Why is that? Who can explain why that is? Scott. So well, the, the
0: early church was in transition, still a Jewish thing before uh, Stephen's martyrdom, and it became a Gentile. Gentile faith. Well, one of these days the trumpet's going to sound and we're all going to be raptured up and so then the gentile christians will be gone and it will again be a jewish
3: Christianity. yeah so the the church age as we know it didn't happen until the final jewish rejection of their messiah he came to his own and his own received him not Okay, so they finally rejected their Messiah for the last time, and you see the transition in the book of Acts going from Peter to Paul, Jerusalem to Antioch, the law to grace, to the Old Testament, to the New Testament, from Israel focus to the Gentile focus. And so what we have is what's called the church age. It's parenthetical. It's just this little section, if you actually look at the Pauline epistles, which are doctrine for the church age, it goes from Romans to Philemon, okay?
2: Right there, that's it.
3: This is the amount of scripture in my Bible written as just pure doctrine directly to the church. Isn't that crazy? So you have Old Testament history, Christ came, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, death, burial, resurrection, the Holy Spirit descended, you have Acts, it transitions to the church, then it goes back to being a Jewish thing again. So all the way from, from Genesis chapter 12, where God calls out this guy named Abram, Abram. put a hey in there, which is like this, the, the letter for the Spirit. And then now Abraham is called out all the way from Genesis 12 all the way through Revelation. It's a Jewish thing except for this. Now, that was God's plan all along. But anyway, it gives us the right perspective when we look at these general epistles. Because once the church is removed, the rules change a little bit. Okay? All scripture is for us, but it's not all to us. So what do we do with that? Well, here's what you do with that. You apply the word of God to your life. You just apply it devotionally, even if it's confusing doctrinally. Okay, does that make sense? We don't get distracted. We don't despair. We certainly don't divide over difficult passages. But some of the most difficult passages in the Bible are like that because God wants you to wrestle through it just doesn't want you to read over it reading book chapter i'm just reading through my bible like i'm supposed to maybe i can read through it in a year god's like no i need i need you guys to stop and wrestle so so it's like a hard passage you have to study through it you have to outline it you have to scratch your head and stick out your tongue a little bit to figure it out because god wants you to focus on that so Anyway, some of the best things we need to understand are in in what we would call a difficult passage. The key point from last week, in terms of what we could apply devotionally, what we could apply to our own lives, is that there's a priesthood of believers. We're supposed to take the things of others and we're supposed to take them to the Lord. And we're supposed to take the things of the Lord and we're supposed to give those to others. That's what we are supposed to do as believers. Not just me standing up here. That's what you're supposed to do. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, I'm going to just make a guess that you're probably not doing it very well. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know I was supposed to, I thought you were supposed to do that. I thought that was your job. We, we talk about that all the time. Well, Christine, I thought you were going to get the milk. I thought, you know, and if, if I don't know I'm supposed to do it, I'm not going to do it very well. We, we pray, right? Part of what we're supposed to do is take the things of, of others and bring them before God and then take the things of God and bring them before others. And that's what we learned last week. Okay, so 1 John 5, 18 through 21. So look at open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. If you need a Bible, so raise your hand and we'll get you one. Okay, so hang on, Mike. Mike, come on up here. Christine, you have a thing for us. We're going to do our commercial. So open your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. We need Mike and Sean up here.
2: Hey, stand over here and you'll be on camera. Come on, here we go.
3: All right. Certificate of Completion. This certifies that Sean Horrigan on this date, January 23rd, 2022, at Midtown Baptist Temple has successfully completed biblical discipleship and hereby understands and affirms to continue and be yielded as a consecrated disciple of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ and to follow the Lord in all things signed by his discipleer Mike Kennicott and his fellow fellowship pastor Chris Best. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful man who shall be able to teach others also. congratulations hey, thank you. Yes. Thank you very much.
2: I
1: appreciate it. All right. Love so, you.
3: so we can pray for Sean too.
1: Definitely. Um and the praise God
3: for Mike. Yes, thank you, Mike. And Mike, so you can lead us in prayer in just a second, but let me just plug discipleship in this way. It's not getting a certificate that matters. There's four goals of discipleship. So I do want to celebrate this because you, did not, you didn't get through this process without some jumping off points that, that you, didn't, you didn't fall for without spiritual attack
0: mm-hmm.
3: how many people try and don't make it and Sean made it so this is a cause of celebration but one of the four goals of discipleship isn't to get a certificate this is a celebration but the four goals have to be in place or else or else we're, we're not we're not successful okay so make sure in your discipleship process you know what it is you're working to do so mike can you can you lead us in prayer for sean heavenly father we thank you for your word today we thank you for your son jesus christ and uh, everything that you've done for us Uh, you give us the opportunity to uh, live our lives in a way that glorifies
0: you Uh,
3: we pray for sean that uh, moving forward he would just be able to find his place in ministry uh, in this local body and uh, we thank you for bringing him this far along in his uh, spiritual journey, and uh, Lord, today I ask that you would speak to us through your word, and to Chris, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Yep. Good job, Sean. Okay, so we're going to read First John chapter 5, 18 through 21, and I'll just tell you up front, it's another difficult passage, but... If you can get your head around this passage, what you're going to see is it is a glorious revelation of a spiritual reality and spiritual victory. And maybe some of you are feeling like you're ready for a little spiritual victory. It's, it's here to be found. And here's what we're going to see. Ready? We're not in darkness trying to get into the light, spiritually speaking. We are, if we are in Christ, in the light, and we're just trying to avoid the darkness of a dark world that we're still in with only two-thirds of our salvation activated. That's what we're going to see today, okay? All right, well, let's look at it. Chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God, that means born of God. Keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And then verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Okay, so the Apostle John starts with, well, It's like, what uh, John, I'm not sure I know. Like, you're kind of presuming maybe we know more than what we do know. Okay, so the problem with this is is that um, it says, whosoever is born of God sinneth not. It's like, uh uh-oh, I think I still sin. What do we do with that? Okay, well, let's start just with some study. Born of God, you see that phrase in there? Born of God is a phrase that is found six times in your New Testament. Six times. All six of them are found in 1 John. Every single time this phrase, born of God, is found in your New Testament, is found in this book with only five chapters. So so it is a theme that is repeated over and over and over again in 1 John. God is directing us to pay attention. That's why we do a phrase study. You can study out a phrase and you can see that sort of thing. So God wants us to understand what it is to be born of God, what that phrase means. And since it's only found in 1 John, it's pretty easy to just look and see what he wants us to know. So what we see, first of all, in this phrase is that we see who it is that's born of God. Look at First John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Okay, so that's who's born of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, well, then you are born of God. You are a child of God. Okay. Secondly, we see that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world through faith look at first john chapter 5 verse 4 whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith okay born of god if you are born of god it is your faith that overcomes the world how
2: about that did you know that That's an amazing statement. Your faith as someone who is born of God is what overcomes the world. That's amazing. Do you have faith? I mean, yeah, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God,
3: you already escaped from the world personally. Okay, you have overcome the world through your own personal faith in terms of the devil losing his grasp on you personally it is our faith as the body of Christ that overcomes the world in terms of spiritual battle praise the Lord that's an amazing statement okay we see this when we study out the phrase born of God that those who are born of God cannot sin oh I skipped one being born of God causes us to love God and to love others first John chapter 4 verse 7 Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. Okay, and then 5-1. We saw the first half of that verse. The second half says, Everyone that loveth him that begat, that's that's the dad, the, the father, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So that's Christ, but it's also other believers. Okay. You probably don't have the capacity to love that person. Next to you, except that you have the love of God in you, except for Bill, because Paulette's just lovable. <laughs> but the rest of you, it's probably just a supernatural gift. No, I'm kidding. But, But it's hard to love God and not love God's children. Okay. Now, some people are harder to love than others. People that are hard to love, we still love. If we lost them, we would grieve, right? Okay, and then finally, those who are born of God cannot sin. Okay, this is where it gets to be a hard passage. Those who are born of God, the Bible says, cannot sin because the seed of God is in him. That person keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. What are we talking about? Look at First John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is, here's our phrase, born of God, doth not commit sin. For his seed, that's God's seed, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. All right, First John chapter 5, verse 18, that's our passage that we're building from. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Okay, the difficulty of First John 5, 18 through 20 is that that verse, 1 John five eighteen, which says that if you're born of God, you don't sin, seems to contradict 1 John 1, 8, 1 John 1.10. Look at 1 John chapter 1. John 1, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1.10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So which is true, 1 John 1.8, 1 John 1.10, or 1 John 3.9, or 1 John 5.18, which is it? Do we sin or do we not sin? And that's why this is a difficult passage, and that's why God really wants us to scratch our heads a little bit, do some work, study to show ourselves approved unto God, reading God's word isn't that beneficial studying God's word will change your life absolutely let me let me continue if you got questions if there's things you're wondering about or want to say just write them down and we'll cover that in small group time but I want to get through this so that we can get to our group time so what does all this do what do we do with all this Okay, well, the Bible explains itself. So first of all, just understand doctrinally, in the tribulation, let's see, I think I might be behind here, I don't know. Okay, yeah, doctrinally, in the tribulation, there is a literal application to the tribulation saints for this passage. So, so. He that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. In the times of tribulation, if you take the mark of the beast, then you're you're not saved. Your God's wrath will be upon you. Revelation 13, Revelation 14.9. Again, it's different in the tribulation. You're not just saved by grace through faith. It's too late for that. That's a church age avenue of salvation. Okay. In the tribulation you have to not take the mark of the beast or you get your head cut off or you endure till the end. But literally if the wicked one touches someone and puts a mark in the forehead or their right hand, they're not saved. So that verse that says the wicked one toucheth them not, they're born of God. That's a literal fulfillment of that that is what we'd call tribulation soteriology that's how how you know about getting saved in the in the time of the tribulation well that's not us we're, the church is, is not going through the tribulation the bride of christ is not the object of the wrath of god you know we're saved from wrath the bible says so this is not talking about the church but we can for for with a doctrinal understanding we can still understand how it is that we sin, but we also sin not, looking at what's here. So hope that's not confusing. Verse 19 says, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies wickedness. You see that? Okay, so let's look at this. You remember 1 John 1.5? I have to, because you can just flip back one page. This is the message which we have heard him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So how much darkness is in God? Okay, so if we had a scale to measure how light or how dark it is, it, he's not on the scale, right? There is no darkness in him. There's no 50 shades of gray in your Christianity. God is light. In him is no darkness. Okay, what about the world? The world lieth in wickedness. There is darkness in the world, Second Corinthians 4. If our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that's not talking about God the Father. It's not talking about our God. This is talking about the devil. Small G God, the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless what should shine? The light. They're blinded. They're darkened. The light can't get in there to cause the, the thing, so their brain can perceive. They're blinded. So the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine upon them. And that is the state of the world, the world lieth in wickedness. It's being run by the devil, who's blinded the minds of people. It's why they don't respond to the gospel. Ephesians two one and two and says, "And you hath he quickened, who were dead in sin, trespasses and sins." Talking about people who trust in Christ, you were dead in trespasses and sins, but. And then in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, the ways of this world, which lie in wickedness, which is obscured by darkness. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, that's the state of the whole world is darkness. We just didn't know we lived in darkness because that's all we knew. Okay. God is light. In him is no darkness. So here's what happens is, is that when we are born again, we leave the world of darkness, enter into the kingdom of God, which is light and which there is no darkness. So verse 20 says, and we know that the son of God has come. Okay, God in whom there is no darkness sent his son into the darkness so that we can escape the darkness and come into the family of God, the kingdom of God. How many spiritual families are there in the world? Two. Two. Okay, well, let's count all the religions and all the cultures of the world. How many spiritual families are there? Two. Let's count all the vendors. And all the, the, no, there's two spiritual families, no matter how you divide up humanity otherwise, whatever your origin story is, guess what? There's only two spiritual families and every single soul is in one of them or the other one. They're not somewhere on the fence, working toward in light. You're either in, okay, so families? God's family or the devil's family, the God of this world. We're all born into the God of this world's family. Now, you were just a kid, so you were safe. If a kid does something wrong, they commit a crime when they're six, they're not held accountable because they didn't know better. They go to the court, and the judge is like, how old are you? He's six. Oh, then you're not going to be tried for this crime. It's not that he's not guilty of it. It's that he's not found guilty of it because he's, he's under the age of accountability, right? It's the same thing spiritually speaking, talking and like you can study this out. Children, it's called innocent blood. The only other place innocent blood is talked about in the Bible is the blood of Christ. So kids are safe. You were safe until you hit adolescence. At some point in there, between your childhood and your adulthood, you knew it was wrong and you did it anyway. And at that point, you cemented your place in the devil's family. And except you get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, that is where you still are. Okay? Now, God is light, in him is no darkness. And if you have entered into God's family, guess what? You've entered into a relationship with God through Christ. You've been reconciled unto a God in whom there is no darkness. Jesus became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so what what we have is is what's called, uh, let's see, here's some verses describing that giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet, made us able or, or you know, good to be partik- partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Thank you, Lord. That wasn't any fun living like that. Translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin and so listen listen we need to see spiritual eyes what happened when you got saved or else we're not going to understand this passage john twelve forty six. jesus says i'm come a light in the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide So here's what we have. Verse 20 says, the son of God has come and have given us an understanding. So understand this, that we might know him. That's what it says in verse 20. Have this understanding that Christ came to redeem you and reconcile you back unto the father that you might know him. Know him what? Well, as a father. Any fathers in here? My kids, I want them to know me as a father. I gave them life. like We had them on purpose. Like We wanted to be in relationship with them, and they can know me, a personal relationship. If I have to send someone to go get them and bring them into the house, I'll do that. That's what God did for us. It cost him everything. He brought us out of darkness into light so we could have fellowship with him. He's also given this understanding. Verse 20 says that we may know him, but also that we are in him. What's it mean to be in Christ? Well, what you were in the world, positionally speaking, in terms of your spiritual state, you were in the kingdom of darkness, but you have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness, and now you are reconciled unto the Father through Christ, and you are in Christ, and, and God took the righteousness of Jesus.
2: And he put it right on you. You have the righteousness of Jesus
3: Christ applied to your life. Someone had to die for my sin. Guess who died for my sin? Jesus. So I'm justified now, just as if I'd never sinned in the eyes of God. And if I go out this afternoon and sin shouldn't do that. It's bad Baptist. I shouldn't do that. But if I do, then what God does is he looks down on me, and what does he see? He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Do I leave the kingdom of God and enter back into the kingdom of darkness if I sin? No. I can't sin. From a positional righteousness standpoint because in god there is no darkness so in that sense we as new testament believers cannot sin you're like well what about the sin we do sin well paul says in romans chapter seven i can't like paul's trying to get it right and he can't seem to do the good things that he wants to do and he can't quit from the bad things that he doesn't want to do and he's like ah but but it's no longer me, but sin that dwelleth in me. Okay, so our salvation includes justification. That means your sins are forgiven. It includes sanctification. That's a process of of becoming more holy over time. And then finally, glorification. When we actually get a glorified body, like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. So... Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul says, you know, his goal is to be found in him, in Christ. Not having his own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. Same things we're talking about in 1 John chapter 5, knowing him, being in him, our positional righteousness, which comes through faith. And the power of his resurrection, that's talking about the glorification. See, there's a time coming in which we're going to off our old, sickly, weak, painful bodies. Chuck, you going to need a new knee and your back. You're going to be able to sleep through the night. Okay. Why? Because we're going to get these glorified bodies. Being made conformable unto his death, if any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. You might have wondered what that's talking about. That's what that's talking about. Read, read First Corinthians fifteen. Look at the resurrected body that we're gonna get, and we're gonna be glorified. You know, I coached wrestling for a lot of years, and when the kids I'm coaching would lose, I taught them, "Don't throw a fit. Don't make excuses. At the end of your match, you lost. He was better than you that day. Just." Okay, deal with it. You're not the best wrestler in the world, but it's very personal, hard sport. So you're always mad. You want to be, like, ah, when you lose. Here's what I taught him to do I taught him to shake hands, and look him in the eye, and say, Good match. We'll see you next time.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, because next time I will have gone back to the workout room, the training room, and I will have figured out how you beat me this time and I'm going to be ready next time. I'm not, oh, you know, maybe I'm injured or sick. Yeah, I'll see you next time. Next time it's going to be different. You may think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay, 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 check this out. You're only two-thirds saved. You don't have a glorified body yet. You're still walking around in a body which is designed, which is hardwired for this world of darkness. And sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we get depressed. We grieve because of loss. Here's the thing. I just sometimes I want to tell the devil, yeah, but I'm I'm not left-handed. You know what? I'm only two-thirds. Just wait till Christ comes back. Look at, look at these verses. Ye are dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. God, I look at you, you, you look at me and you're like, I don't see much. Just wait. Just wait till we can see each other. Here's what's going to happen. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. first john we're still in first john right look at first john chapter three verse two beloved now we are the sons of god it doth not yet appear what we shall be the glorification um it's a future event there's three aspects to our salvation you are born again and you are justified to god You are in a process of sanctification where you are becoming more Christ-like unless you like. And then finally, though, in the end of it, the glorification, it's coming and it's going to be a complete deal. And then guess what? We're not weak. We're not corruptible. We're not absent-minded. We're not distracted. We're no longer mortal. And when Christ comes back, he comes back with his saints at the battle of Armageddon. And there's a day coming back. There's a day coming where we come back with the Lord and the devil is no longer going to be able to get over on us. That's right. Weakness will put on strength. Corruption will put on incorruptibility. We will finally be done and we do live in obscurity, and all that's gonna get rolled away and the light's gonna shine. It's all gonna be revealed. And guess what? We win. We win. There's a glorification coming. So listen, I there, in a very real sense, you cannot sin. Cause this, because you are in Christ, you've been translated from darkness. To light and our salvation may only be two-thirds activated in us now and now, but it's a done deal. And so here's the key point: we're not in darkness trying to find the light. We are in the light, just trying to live out what is true of us in faith as we get to know him more and more. And that is a glorious reality.
2: Some of you, you're kind of melancholy, Eeyores, walking
3: around thinking everything's broken and everything's wrong all the time, when really, if we could see with spiritual eyes what has happened in the finality of, of being born again and translated from darkness to light, that's pretty exciting stuff. That ought to excite us, and then we ought to just realize we're just on this process of trying to live that out more and more until Christ comes back. But even the struggles, how how many of you struggle with faith and sanctification and not getting depressed? You guys, even the struggle is glorious. You know, Rocky Balboa didn't win all 12 rounds, did he? He was beat up and bloodied at the end of it, but he never, ever, ever quit. And guess what? We win. It may not be pretty. You may not get through this thing without some bruises and cuts and feeling like you've just been beat up. That that in and of itself is a testament that you really believe when you don't quit. No one said it was going to be easy. Just said it's going to be good, but, but we need to see... We already in. Okay, I got to, small time, Father, we love you. God, your word is so good. and, and Lord, I, I, I think that we struggle because we just see with physical eyes and not spiritual eyes. And Lord, we have already been translated from darkness to light. The devil wants us to think we're still in the darkness, but we're not. So God, I just pray during our small group time that you would work,
2: we ask us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Uh, uh, our uh, Christian life and the Christian victory and uh, what he said uh, for the process of our salvation if you remember when I showed you that is we have three parts in our life, we have spirit we have soul and we have what body, so our spirit sin not because spiritually we are in Christ okay so my soul this is the progression of our spiritual growth our maturity uh, the soul is the, our our mind our will and our uh, action uh, so this is the daily uh, uh, daily daily walk daily walk uh and this is the, The the place that Satan is attacking us. And the last part of of our salvation, when we get the glorious body, when we will die. So right now, if we are in Christ, but we are here. uh, We heard uh, uh, Chris and Sam repeat this many times. We are in two places at the same time. So we are here in physical but especially we are in Christ Jesus in heavenly places this sin not uh, So uh, praise God that is if you Son of God is One day your soul and your body will have the equal uh, Position of glorifying life all
3: right if you're online you are a small group we love you carry on
2: Hi, honey Hi I <laughs> know oh, I'm trying <laughs> Okay I did not mute I to então...